You can't pour from an empty cup, says Dr. Donnie Wilson. She's going to teach you how to master your stress to reset your health in today's podcast. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thanks so much for joining me today, where we're going to talk about mastering your stress to reset your health with Dr. Donnie Wilson. It's so true that you can't pour from an empty cup, but so much of many of us are living our lives at midlife from an empty cup, wondering why we feel terrible and our health is tanking. Well, Dr. Donnie Wilson has cracked the code on mastering your stress, which is the key to reset your health. She's gonna tell you all about it today. She is a naturopathic doctor, certified professional midwife, certified nutrition specialist, and best-selling author of Master Your Stress, Reset Your Health. For more than 22 years, she has helped thousands of patients overcome health challenges and achieve wellness by using specific strategies that address the whole body and ultimately resolve the underlying causes of distress. She suffered from migraines for over 20 years, and in the process of solving this, she developed her stress recovery protocol. Dr. Donnie brings awareness to the impact of stress on our health and how it is possible to recover from burnout and become resilient to stress in the media and at public and professional events. You can find her blog podcast called How Humans Heal and her self-C-A-R-E program at drdonnie.com. Please help me welcome Dr. Donnie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about your book that's already out, Master Your Stress, Reset Your Health, and we're going to dive into it. I know people hear so much about stress, and we can tend to not pay attention when people are talking about it, but I want everyone to really pay attention because here you have a doctor who specializes in this and is saying that this is the thing that you need to do to reset your health. How did you come to this understanding? It was through life experience, a lot of it, really. You know, like, because I, in addition to going through various stresses of my life, like training to be a naturopathic doctor and a midwife and being a mom and running a practice and running a business, you know, but I think a lot of people go through these stresses, right? But it's just that I came through it also with my own health issues. I had migraines for over 20 years. I was getting migraines. And these were migraines that would take me out for days. Like I'd be literally in the bed or on the floor and I would try different treatments, different medications. I tried acupuncture, I tried herbs. I'm trained as a naturopathic doctor. So I was like, I'm willing to try anything. And still, it wasn't helping. These migraines would just keep coming. And each time it would knock me down like, I'd be like, what else am I supposed to do? I can't, how am I supposed to keep going like this in having these 
unpredictable migraines happening and no solutions. And I think, you know, that's why I relate to a lot of people out there who maybe that's not migraines, maybe they have some other health issue where they feel like they've been trying and they just are not getting answers and they're not feeling better. And it's just that in my case, because I of my training and my interest in understanding the human body and willingness, right? I'm willing to do, if it needs to be a diet change, if it needs to be a supplement, if it, what, if it's a test I need to do, I'm like, I'm willing to do it. And so I just kept on working on it. And I kind of worked on it in isolation, actually, honestly, because I felt too ashamed. I And I think a lot of people feel this way too, when they have symptoms caused by stress, we feel like we're it's not supposed to happen. We're supposed to be better than that, right? We're supposed to be able to charge through life and keep up with everything, and it's not supposed to affect us. And so I didn't feel like I could say anything because I felt embarrassed. And so instead, I just worked on it in isolation. I did, along the way, I was I was speaking and I was publishing articles and publishing books and say of everything I learned, right? Like what helped? And there were many things along the way over the past 20 some years where I was like, well, this dietary change made a difference. This approach made a difference. And every time I found something, I would talk about it that way, but I wouldn't necessarily talk about it from my perspective of having migraines, right? And so only in the past couple years, because I was still getting the migraines, you know, I maybe saw 10% difference or 20% difference or 50% difference. And I was like, but they're still happening. And it was only just a few years ago that I ended up making a whole bunch of additional changes. And then ever since then, the migraine stopped that. And one of the major changes I made is I started talking about it. And this is why, you know, I'm here talking with you today about it, saying, if the more we can actually become aware and talk about how stress is affecting us, that's the first step for changing the whole pattern, right? Like get out of silence about it. When you talk about stress, can you define for everybody what you're talking about? Are you just talking about, I have too many things to do on my to-do list. It's never ending my family makes me crazy and life just feels stressful or are you talking about something else also? Definitely. And I'm so glad you're asking this question. This is one of the questions that when I'm on an airplane, by the way, the person sitting next to me, this is one of the most common questions they ask me is like, what do you mean by stress? You know, cause they'll ask me, what do you do? And I say, I specialize in stress. And they say, what do you really mean by that? And the thing is, is that we, like the ones you mentioned, we often think about our day-to-day psychological stresses, our deadlines, our financial stresses, and these are definitely stresses that affect us. But that's not the only stresses that affects us. In the category of stress, I would also include things like lack of sleep. Like when we, you know, last night, yesterday, for example, I had to take an early morning flight. I did not get enough sleep. I'm very aware that that was a stress on my body that I'm going to need to recover from today, right? But it's the awareness this was a stress. Also, certain foods can be a stress to us, right? If we are consuming foods that are going to be inflammatory to our bodies, throw off our blood sugar levels, disrupt or cause leaky gut and disrupt our gut bacteria, right now the food we're eating is actually stressing our system. 
Or another example is toxins. Toxins either in the products we're putting on our skin or on our food as pesticides or in our environment. These toxins are also a stress on our system. And so when we look at it from that perspective, even a injury can be a stress, right? Or a surgery can be a stress. Like we know from science, it's anything that triggers our stress response and causes our body to need to go into a recovery in order to get back to optimal again. Yes. So I hear you mentioning it's not just psychosocial, and this is what I want everyone to hear, because if you only think it's that, you'll miss the rest of the iceberg under the ice. (laughs) It's a big iceberg under there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The chemical stressors I heard you mention, which could be foods that you're eating that you think are healthy, but might be causing you a stress response. It, it could be so many things. It could be something in the deodorant that you're using. It can be flying in an airplane itself is stressful, right? Exactly. And so the key is that, because a lot of people will say to me, well, can you teach me how to be stress-free? And I say to them, that's not my goal. It would be impossible, first of all, because as humans, we're going to have stress. And in fact... We want to have some stress. There's stresses that are good for us. Exercise is a stress that at a certain quantity is good for us. It helps our bodies to be challenged to grow muscles, you know, and, and use our heart. It's not about eliminating all stress. Really, the goal is how do we understand where the stress is? So this conversation we're having, how do we notice the stresses that we have in our lives? And how do we ensure that we have enough to counterbalance it, enough what I call anti-stress, to counterbalance the stress so that our bodies can come back to optimal on a regular basis. It's when we, and when we don't have enough anti-stress, we get thrown off, right? I know you're familiar with this, where we just get, we get burned out. We get, it becomes normal and familiar to feel constantly stressed. Yes, I love that. It's about having enough anti-stress to counterbalance the stress we have. It's not about teaching people how to be stress-free. That is a quotable. I love that. And Donnie, you talk about five different types of stress, Mm -hmm. and that's the first time I've heard that. So I'm super excited for you to talk about that. What are the five types? Okay, so this is based on cortisol and adrenaline levels. So let's, this is understanding the stress response. We have a built-in stress response system. We have these stress hormones that communicate stress throughout our bodies. We have cortisol, which a lot of people have heard about cortisol as a stress hormone, and adrenaline. We want our cortisol and adrenaline. Actually, if we don't have enough, that's not good either. We need to have just the right amount at a certain time of day under certain circumstances, right? So we need an optimal mm-hmm. amount of cortisol and adrenaline. And So what happens is when we're under this chronic stress that you and I are talking about, our cortisol and adrenaline levels become disrupted, either too high or too low. And it's not the same for everyone, but the treatment is different. So here's the thing is a a big mistake I see often is people, maybe they notice they have stress, maybe they even have their cortisol levels tested, And then they decide, I'm going to take a supplement to help with my cortisol. But if they're not taking the right herbs and nutrients in that supplement 
to address their specific mm -hmm. imbalance, they're not going to feel better. And I see this mistake happen all the time, right? That all the time they're taking the wrong supplement for this situation. So this is why I'm so standing out and saying, listen, we have different stress type patterns. When you're under stress is different than when I'm under stress, likely, right? Like, so we need to know, are you a stress type pattern where your cortisol and adrenaline are stuck in a high mode? in which case we are gonna give a specific treatment for that to help bring it back to optimal. Or are you a stress type where your cortisol and adrenaline are stuck in a low mode where they're too low and now you're functioning with too little cortisol and adrenaline? Well, we can address that, but we need to use the right herbs and nutrients that help raise it back up to optimal, right? Or there can also be the opposites. A person could have high cortisol, low adrenaline or high adrenaline, low cortisol. So it's important what I found in my in my practice and in my research is it's so important to know where you are so that we can give you the right treatment and even then we need the treatment to be specific to your stress type to be effective. Yes, so true. I see it all the time. In fact, someone had I think reached out to me on social media last week and said something about I think I have adrenal fatigue is what she said. And I've been taking, she named this supplement, but I don't feel any better was her complaint. And of course yeah. I said, well, you need to get tested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talk about like, how do you figure out your stress type? How do you know if you're high, low, low, high, everybody's high, everybody's low? How do you know? So, and here's the thing is you mentioned the, the, name, the word adrenal fatigue. This is a common terminology that's used, but it's really vague. It doesn't tell us anything, right? It doesn't tell us what's going on with your cortisol and adrenaline. So right. I tend to call it instead adrenal distress. Adrenal distress means to me, there's some imbalance with your cortisol and adrenaline, but now we need to find out what that imbalance is. And I did develop in, in the book, the Master Your Stress, Reset Your Health book, mm -hmm. and on my website, I developed a quiz you can take where you go through and you, you answer the questions and it tells you likely what your stress type is. So at least you're close to you know knowing what it is so you can treat it specifically. Best is if you can do a test. And this is where we do cortisol testing, but we don't just test the cortisol one time a day, right? We got to test the cortisol in the morning when you wake up, when it should be a little higher. And then we're going to test it in the middle of the day, the evening and the bedtime when it should be lowest, right? If we only test it one time a day, we're missing a lot of the information. We need to measure it at different times a day, which we can do either in saliva or urine. So people can do this test at home. Like you can spit in a tube at different times a day or you collect urine at different times a day to measure your cortisol. And then you're going to know, is my cortisol too low or too high? Or maybe it's even a combination of the two. Maybe you have too low at certain times a day, too high at certain times a day, right? Yes. And then, and then we can also measure the adrenaline levels. Adrenaline can be measured in the urine. So this is, again, a test you can do at home. So then we actually know what how stress is affecting you. These are your internal stress messages, and they are not just responding to the stress of today or the stress of yesterday. They're actually responding to the stress of your life and even your parents' life, right? Like this is, when we look at your cortisol and adrenaline levels, it's showing us your unique pattern that exists in your body at this point in time based on your genetics 
and your stress exposure. And we need that information because then we can actually help you feel better. So if you, like you said, this person said they're taking something, but they don't feel better. That's a clear sign to me that they're probably taking the wrong product for their stress time. Right. And I hear that all the time. I love what you, a couple things you just said I want to highlight. So you mentioned that your body's responding to stress, not only that you're dealing with, but of your parents. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's probably foreign to most people. Yeah, it's actually a study show. I mean, we, we look at, first of all, childhood exposure to stress. We know that when we are exposed to, to stress in childhood, which most all of us had some degree of stress in our childhood, that that influences our health throughout our lives. Unless we start doing stress recovery and helping our bodies recover, right? And not only that, but the studies show that stress that from our parents and our grandparents affects our genetic expression. So it affects how our body responds to stress in this lifetime. It's so amazing, right? And I look at it as, I mean, there's always two sides of the coin, right? We could look at it as, well, my grandparents went through all this stress or I had all this stress in my childhood, so now I'm doomed to have increased risk of diabetes and dementia and heart disease and cancer. Or you could look at the other side of the coin and you could say, wow, I know my parents had stress. I know I had stress, but I also know that I can do something about it starting at whatever point you are in your life. You can make diet changes. You can start doing recovery activities, start addressing your stress type so that you can decrease your risk of health issues going forward. So true. And you mentioned something else about genetics. Is that is that how our tra- the stress is transported from generation to generation? Isn't it through the through genetics? Yeah, through what we call epigenetics or genetic expression. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, for so long, even scientists were like, we they thought we were gonna figure out the human genome and be able to match up to every health condition. And we were going to solve all the health conditions by knowing our genes, right? We were like, right. oh, if we know all the genes, we're going to solve everything. And so they ran this huge human genome project and studied all the genes. And when they came out the end of it, they figured out that that was not the case, that actually what's more determinant of our health and our risk of health issues is our stress exposure, and our environment. (laughs) So that says like, okay, yes, of course we have genes and we have this genetic interplay from that we are born with from our ancestors. However, that doesn't mean it's set in stone. We have every ability to shift that genetic expression going forward and for future generations. Yes, super important to know. Can you talk a little bit about your care method of stress recovery? Mm-hmm. So I use the acronym CARE to mean clean eating, adequate sleep, recovery activities, and exercise. So these are all daily activities that we can choose, right? And even eating is something we definitely do every day. Sleeping is something we hope we do every day. <laughs> so recovery activities and exercise there's ways that we can choose each of these areas that's going to help us with our stress recovery. And there's a ton of research on all of these areas. This is, I have all the references in the book because I was so interested. I really wanted to see, is it even possible that we should be implementing diet and sleep and exercise and even recovery activities like meditation 
based on our stress type. Like, is there a certain time of day or duration or type of activity that's going to be better for someone who has high cortisol, high adrenaline, I call a stress magnet. You know, where, how should they be implementing care versus the person who has low cortisol and adrenaline, who I call blah and blue, how should they be implementing care? And so that's what's in the book is like, so I want you to be able to know your stress type and then know how to implement your clean eating, your sleep, your recovery activities, and your exercise in a way that matches your body. So your body can actually recover. Yeah, I think a unique approach for each person is so important. And I love how you outline the different phases in your book and you give details on what everybody should be doing. So we'll for sure link to the quiz so they can take it. I do encourage everyone to get the book because she really, Dr. Donnie has done an excellent job of outlining exactly what you need to do, how to know what your stress type is, three-step approach, unique for your situation so you can kind of sort this out. And I have seen so many people actually who use this type of very structured, detailed information that you offer fix this without ever having a test. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely possible. You can, that's why in the book, it's like you could fo literally follow the steps in the book and have such an improvement. And the key here is that, you know, because I know people hear about all different kinds of approaches to health. What I'm doing is I'm looking from a bird's eye view. I'm looking at it as how can we be most strategic about recovering from any health issue? So let's say a person has autoimmunity, right? And we know that autoimmunity is triggered by stress, right? The research says it very clearly, but they don't give you any directions on what to do about it. We just know stress causes autoimmunity. So what we want to say is, oh my gosh, if there's an autoimmune condition, say Hashimoto's or Crohn's disease or rheumatoid arthritis or any other of the hundreds of autoimmune conditions, we need, if we really want to be solving it effectively, we need to be thinking of it from how do we help the body recover from stress so that we can turn off the autoimmunity and the person can then go through their life without having autoimmunity. Amazing. I see it in, all the time with my patients, right? Or you name it, any other health, even if it's a, you know, even if it's say a blood sugar imbalance or fatigue or anxiety. These are symptoms to me. These are indications that the body is overstressed and it's trying to tell us that, right? It's giving us symptoms that are saying it's a stress alarm going off, saying some there's a stress signal that's ending up causing these either digestive issues, hormone imbalances, immune-related issues, and neurological or nervous system issues. That's how it shows up. And so this strategy to me is so important for everyone as an underlying root cause mm -hmm. strategy, right? Yes, it's so true. Can you share maybe some stories of clients you work with? You know, most of the women who listen to my podcast are somewhere between 40 to 60, some older, some younger, and invariably they know that stress is affecting their health yeah. and I know when it happened to me when I was in my 40s, you know, late 40s, and I weighed 243 pounds, and I only had enough energy to work and sleep. And I had depression, anxiety, my hair was falling out, no sex drive, I had irritable bowel, like I had this laundry list of what I call, right, the laundry list of midlife metabolic complaints. I know nothing about 
the effects of stress, right? Here I was board certified OBGYN. And I know there are women listening right now who are saying like, okay, I get it. Yeah, 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 stress. But how do I know that if this is for me? I'd lo- love it if you could share some stories of some patients that you've worked with who this, they might identify with and say, oh my gosh, that's me. I have those symptoms. I need to take that quiz. I need to read that book. Yeah, because a lot of times we're kind of functioning and we're not even really, we're like, it's so usual and familiar. We don't even realize, oh, this this was caused by stress. Like sometimes it's it's something like, if you're grinding your teeth at night or you mentioned your hair's falling out, right? So it could be symptoms like that where you're like, okay, now I've got to go to get a mouth guard for my teeth because I'm grinding my teeth. I have, maybe it's anxiety, but maybe you're not calling it anxiety. Maybe it's like just constant worry, right? Maybe mm-hmm. this worry or ruminating thoughts where you feel like you can't turn your brain off and it's like you have a long list of things and you never, a lot, of to, a lot of times women say to me, I feel like I never get a break, right? They're running from taking care of kids to to taking care of, you know, their home to taking care of their job or their business or whatever they're, they're doing else in their lives. Or even from 40 to 60, like this is where maybe the kids are going to college and now they're, but there's always something on your to-do list, right? You're always like, I have this long to-do list and I feel like there's never time for me. That is a, a sign for me that there that this is like, okay, we need to intervene. It also can be, as you mentioned, severe fatigue where you feel like you wake up in the morning and you're like, I can't do anything until I've, dr- I've had like several cups of coffee. And another way it shows up is in the evening if you feel like you just can't wait for this alcohol, right? You're like, I know. Oh, yeah. This uh, and and not to say that like I mean a little bit of coffee is okay and a little bit of wine or alcohol is okay too. But when it get, becomes where we feel like we can't even survive the next day, right? Without this another cup of coffee or another glass of wine, now we're we're kind of medicating the stress with coffee and wine, right? So we have to kind of be honest with ourselves and say wait a minute, is this just something I'm enjoying once in a while? Or is this where I'm depending on this for me to get through my day and accomplish these tasks? It can also show up as like, I'm thinking of a a, a patient. I, I was so excited this week. I spoke to two patients who have got, come through my phase one, two, three, the step-by-step protocol you mentioned. They're now at phase three and I am celebrating with them. And they're both in the 40 to 60 age range. One of them first came to me with severe anxiety and severe digestive symptoms like bloating, gas, irritable bowel syndrome. She's like, how am I supposed to do this? She has children. She runs her own practice as well. She's like, how am I supposed to do this? I'm constantly, and she was having a lot of cravings. This is another way it comes up. It's food cravings, mm-hmm. right? Like you're craving sugar you or your appetite changes. Maybe you feel like you nothing tastes good and then you end up just overeating something that you know you really don't want to be eating, but it's the only thing you can decide to eat, right? And so she was just like so feeling so awful. She was like, how am I supposed to keep going and keeping up with taking care of my daughters and myself and my family and my home? So she, we did this panel. We saw that her cortisol levels were, were totally low. Her adrenaline was totally high. And so I guided her through the process. We have to first lower the adrenaline that's high before we can raise the cortisol that's low. And this is a key piece because I think a lot of times people get stuck here. They find out they have low cortisol, 
But if someone's not checking also their adrenaline levels or knowing that this is the difference between the blah and blue stress type versus the tired and wired stress type, and their treatment is different. So if you're treating yourself as blah and blue, but you're really as uh, tired and wired, you're not going to feel better. You're going to feel worse. Mm -hmm. So we have to first lower that high adrenaline. Once the high adrenaline comes down, then she was like, oh, finally, my mind feels like it's not racing. Finally, I feel like I can breathe and have a little calmness in my day and I can start. Then you can start to choose some of the self-care. It's hard to choose self-care when you're going and when you, you can't even catch your breath, basically, right? So true. <laughs> so then she was able to calm enough that then then I listened for patients to say to me, okay, the anxiety calmed down and now I'm just tired. And I'm like, that's good because that tells me you're in phase two. We're ready to support the low cortisol. Then I can start the supplements to raise the cortisol back up to optimal. And you, the person starts to get their energy back. And other things start to come back, right? Libido comes back. Digestion starts working again. Skin looks better. Everything starts. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm back, you know? And we did, sometimes we don't even realize we lost ourselves. But when we find ourselves again, we're like, whoa, I was so far off of this. <laughs> and then what happens is in phase three, this is why it's so exciting when I get to talk to them in phase three, is they're like, First of all, they're like, thank you so much. I'm so glad I found you because I couldn't figure this out before. And I've been to all these other practitioners that didn't figure it out. They're like, but they also realize they have this empowerment and, and this feeling of like, now they know what to do to maintain over time. These women say to me, now I know if I'm under stress again, I know exactly what I need to do to get myself back on track before I end up back in burnout again. Yes, and I love the subtitle of the book. So it's Master Your Stress, Reset Your Health, the personalized program to calm anxiety, boost energy, and beat burnout. So I want to encourage everybody, if you're hearing yourself and what Dr. Dami is saying, and you're, you've thought that you've had an adrenal issue, and maybe you can't afford, not everyone can afford to go to a practitioner and work one-on-one -on -one and have the test. And you can get great results with a program like this. And you're hearing the symptoms that you have. I'm definitely going to encourage you to go take the quiz and read the book and do what she says, because, you know, it works. If you're stuck in I call that the uh, coffee wine tango, coffee in the morning to wind <laughs> up and wine in the afternoon to wind down. That was me in my forties for sure. And I didn't realize I was medicating my, my uh, stress issues, but now I know better. So I'm going to encourage you to definitely check it out. And then also I wanted you to just talk a little bit, a little bit about your podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so enjoyed having you on my podcast. It's called how humans heal. So you can find it where you usually listen to podcasts. It's also on YouTube. So if you prefer YouTube, just look for How Humans Heal. And you can listen to you and I talking about <laughs> what you do. I love it. And then, yes, my you can also find it through my website at drdonnie.com. I have a blog and, and everything there as well. Awesome. Well, I have to ask you, I mean, we have talked about cortisol, which is a hormone. We've talked about epinephrine, norepinephrine, which are really hormones, you know, neurotransmitters are just like brothers and sisters to, to yeah. hormones. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to connect how these hormones and neurotransmitters interact with things like 
thyroid, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Can you comment on that? Absolutely. And here's the thing is, so when we're, when we're under stress and our cortisol goes either too high or too low and adrenaline goes too high or too low, they're signaling to everywhere else in our body, including all the hormones. So from thyroid, insulin, and even ovarian hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, all the hormones get this stress. You know, it's like a text message. I think of it like they get the text message and they're like, okay, we're in stress mode, do the stress thing. Which the thing is when we're under stress, we tend it tends to drop our thyroid function it tends to drop our insulin function, so now our blood sugar goes higher. It tends to drop ovarian function, so now we have less progesterone, estrogen all askew. You're more likely to have PMS symptoms or fibroids or heavy bleeding in general or irregular cycles or menopausal symptoms for that matter. I mean, so many women that I help, and I know you do too, in that perimenopausal years, if the cortisol is off balance, you're way more likely to experience perimenopausal symptoms. And yes, we're gonna address the estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and get them balanced. But amazingly, when we get the cortisol and adrenaline balanced, it's so much easier to manage these other hormones because now you're sending, you want your cortisol and adrenaline to send a healthy signal through your body so that all of these other hormones can fall in line. As soon as the cortisol goes off, it's like a domino effect, right? It just wipes everything out. And as soon as the cortisol is on track, everybody's lining up in, in, a, in a nice harmony, you know? So they're talking to each other. These hormones are talking to each other. And the more we can balance cortisol, the easier it is to keep the rest of them optimized too. Yeah. So true. That's why I call her Queen Cortisol. She is. She will be served. So I love <laughs> that you wrote this wonderful book talking about how to master your stress and reset your health. And that means master your queen cortisol. She will be very happy. Your thyroid will improve. Your insulin blood sugar will improve. Your sex hormones will improve. Like everything gets better. Everything so. gets better. So, and to me, it's like, it's the ultimate multitasking, right? We always, we kind of like multitasking, but sometimes when we're multitasking, we're inefficient, right? But to me, this is a good way to multitask because by optimizing your cortisol, you're fixing so many other things, right? So it's like simplifies it all. It is. It's literally like having the cleaning lady come to your house and clean your house so you don't have to worry about it. Just do the one thing. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Dr. Donnie, for joining me. Thank you for this wonderful resource for men and women. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thanks to everybody listening. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Hormone Prescription Podcast with Dr. Kieran. I want you to not just have this information and have learned something. I want you to actually take this information and implement it in your life. So go to the show notes, click take the quiz. Check out Dr. Donnie's podcast. It is amazing. She has fantastic guests. You will learn a lot. And Go get your Master Your Stress Reset Your Health book and start taking action today. And then think about all the ways that your life is going to improve once you get this under control. Share it with me on social media, what you are doing, what actions you're taking. I look forward to hearing about it. And until next week, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.